Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. <laughs> Shut up. Like I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs. And... <laughs> That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go into the Marvel Wikipedia and whatever it is. <laughs> the worst titty discs. <laughs> Doesn't get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey guys, welcome back to another stupendous, spectacular, super duper awesome, oh yeah, episode of Comics, motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, what's up guys, this is Derek, Derek WC, I'm here to snap into a Slim Jim tonight, and I'm not alone, I'm joined by one of my fellow fan holes, why don't you give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight. Well, you know something delightful, Derek? Every once in a while you get a comic that comes down the aisle and you just gotta read it and you gotta give it the respect it deserves. I'm Tony and I'm about to do a huge body slam on this book. Oh yeah. All right. So yeah, yeah, this is this is interesting. This is kind of a first for us. We were asked via Twitter, we were asked to review a preview set of comic books. And this is a two issues of a comic called Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia. And so the, these are two issues. The, the sort of brief, I guess, elevator pitch, the, the brief synopsis for, for you know, the, the kind of solicits, as it were, is as follows. When a disgruntled pro wrestler declares himself Galactic Champ of the Universe, a planet of alien wrestlers use it as an act of war. And so this was brought to our attention by one of the writing team. It was Ed Cunell who asked us to take a look at these. And it actually is written by Ed, the Carnage Artist Cunell, and Masculine Matt Enton. The art is by Dan the Body Shadka. The colors are by Marissa Louise, a.k.a. Colonel Von Slamstein. Lettering is by A Larger World Studios, a.k.a. The North Hollywood Nightmares. The book is edited by, quote-unquote, hangwoman Mariah Huner, and the design is by Fred Dr. Show No Love Chow. And this is a book published by Suspicious Behavior Productions, LLC. And actually, the, the Twitter handle for Suspicious Behavior Productions is what contacted us. So Ed contacted us through that Twitter handle, and he asked if we would be interested in doing a review of these issues. And uh, Justin brought this to our attention, because uh, just pulling the veil back for a few minutes. Justin's pretty much the one who manages the Fanhole's Twitter account. I, I keep joking with him that I should let him manage the History of Comics on Film Twitter account because the Fanhole's Twitter account has like thousands of followers and everything. And I think the History of Comics on Film like Twitter account has like, you know, 200 or something or whatever. But like, I don't I don't get on it that much, you know, but I think Justin's been doing a really good job. Um, managing that that Twitter and everything, and so it, it's good he brought this to our attention and everything. So we, Tony and I, you know, I think I think Justin was like, hey, I, I think Tony, you know, would be interested in this because of course it has to do with wrestling, and and he thought you know that that we might want to take a look at this, and of course I'm up for looking at a, a good comic book and everything. So I I said I'd be down to I'd be down to clown with Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia. And I, I didn't really pre-write a synopsis or anything like that, but I just figured we'd, we'd sort of take a look and everything. But maybe maybe just a start, like what we can do is kind of look over the the initial cover, which is actually pretty cool. I mean, it, it kind of has a, a cool old school vibe, like it's got some nice logos and everything for the the title but then it also has like a separate little subtitle which is a date with destiny 
and it's got the you know the number one issue, the 32-page extravaganza, these kind of Batman, Biff, Wham, Pow kind of things going on there. And then you know you've got the the lead character in the the foreground in the wrestling ring fighting the little midget, which I don't think I realized he was a midget on the cover at the time, but. You know, having read the story, I kind of know now that, that he's fighting a midget. And you, you've got his, you know, manager in the background with the little, you know, gold-horned cane and everything. And then you've got this almost, I mean, I, I kind of think this is, I mean, we, we were discussing the art style before we got on the call. But I, I know, uh, I kind of almost think of this as, this is almost like a Kirby-esque cover to me in a way. You know, the way you've got the, the alien galactic wrestler kind of hovering over, looming over. The, the actual real-world image where there's this kind of astral image of, of the alien challenger or whatever, like kind of looming over with his hands and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it's one of those things where I didn't realize, like, I, I think sometimes maybe you, you, you're under the impression that, you know, and I guess we can we can talk about this for a second too, but, you know, sometimes we're kind of like, oh, well, this is this is not something that's your typical, you know, meat and potatoes, DC or Marvel superhero comic, right? This is something that's self-published. They're, they're trying to get promotion to get people, you know, get other eyes on it and everything like that. But, you know, the art team, you know, Dan Shadka is, is somebody that I remember because I, I was like, wait, I, I recognize the art style and I remembered it. And then Tony was kind enough to point out to me before we got on the call, he, he was like, oh yeah, you know, he did the Battlestar Galactica Gods and Monsters and then and then he also did that spirit book from DC like when the when that really awful spirit movie came out you know like remember that kids but anyway when that when that awful spirit movie came out DC had a an ongoing spirit comic book and I remember I was reading that at the time and and he did the art on that as well and it was really you know good art and everything but I'm, I'm just kind of since we're talking about the cover do you have anything on the cover and do you want to kind of go into like who Dan's art style reminded you of yeah the cover is very explosive it definitely you know it tells a story all of its own you know it's like you got the big bad and the you know like you said in the background and you basically, you have, like, three of what seem to end up being the main characters, like, you know, doing a little thing in the ring. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, it's got that kind of, like you said, 70s kind of burst of color. It has a, it has an exciting feel to it. It, it doesn't seem like anything's just static. You, you get a good, a nice sense of action. And one of the things that that kind of reminds me of, especially this art style, is not really Bruce Timm's Batman artwork. But when Batman and Justice League were out, they did comics based on the cartoon to, you know, do a little cross-promotion and, you know, get some comics sold. And one of the artists on those series was Ty Templeton. And you said it really well, Derek, when I brought it up. It was like, he, he, like the, the artist, Shotka, has kind of a, that kind of curvy, flowy line work. And, yeah, and it just, it just flows really well. And... It's very clean. It's, it, his line, you know, not to sound like an artist, you know, critique or anything, but he has very strong, bold lines, you know? Well, yeah, and, and, and some of that to me, like, you know, at least on this cover, screams Kirby, you know, strong, bold lines. But I, I remember when you were asking me, like, oh, what, what's that guy from the Batman animated comic? And I was trying to think of guys because, you know, I went down the list. I was like, you mean... Rick Burchette, you mean you mean Mike Parabek? And then when we finally hit on it, and I was like, you mean you mean Ty Templeton? And the minute I said it, I went, yeah, I can totally see that. So yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. Like you you had the idea, but the minute I said it, I was like, it all clicked. I was like, oh, I see what Tony's saying because it does have that that strong curvy line to it. And and there's there's aspects to it where the storytelling's really good, but it still retains that kind of cartoony flavor to to the artwork as well so so i think i think it works as far as you know something like this because i guess i guess it, to, to me this is interesting because it's 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 a uh i don't know it's it, it's it's a weird what's the right word like cross cross demographic i guess like, like, it's funny because cause I've seen, like, I, I did look at other people kind of commenting and reviewing on it and saying, you know, this is 
this is a comic for everybody. Like, you don't necessarily have to be a fan of wrestling. You don't necessarily have to be a fan of science fiction. Like, it's it's just a really good comic, and you'll enjoy it, whether you, you have a lot of love for wrestling or whether you have a lot of love for science fiction. But I started, like, scratching my head and thinking about it, and I was like, I was like, how many dudes that like wrestling like science fiction? Like, and, and I, yeah. I, I guess it would be true of both of us, right? But, like, I was like, I wonder what yeah. the, I was like, I wonder what the percentage on that, that cross demographic <laughs> is. Like, if you had the little pie chart where it's, like, the little circles where it's, like, it's, like, the, the, the green circle is sci-fi and the purple circle is, is, is wrestling and then you, you stick the two pizzas together and then it's, like, the little orange slice is, like, these are the guys that, like, dig sci-fi and wrestling or whatever, <laughs> however yeah. that works, but, yeah. There's, there's there's even like a little bit of sprinkle of romance in it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is, there is. So yeah, I guess we'll 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 get into some of the specifics. But the the I guess the disgruntled pro wrestler, the the lead is is a guy named Rory Landall, and and he's he's basically it, it's interesting because it sort of opens with with someone getting a space transmission of him in the deep reaches of space in 1999, but then it takes us back to like 15 years earlier, like early in his career, sort of almost when he's in his prime, you know, at his peak, he's got like this, you know, hot girlfriend and, and he, he thinks he's about to be made the champ and everything. And then, you know, one of these kind of nasty promoters basically is kind of reneging on that agreement. And it's probably not supposed to be Vincent man, I'm sure. <laughs> right, right. He's totally not right. Yeah. So, and then this is something I was going to ask you about. Cause I'm like, I'm like, this is, what was your take on the bear? Like the bear is like a guy in a bear suit. Um, no, actually I think this is a callback because way back in the old days, and when I say old days, I mean literal old days, like before we were born, like the 30s and 40s and stuff. Wrestling was often called a carny business because even more so back then, the idea was this is for real. These two guys really hate each other. They really want to, you know, kick each other's ass. And, you know, this, this, this is two men who are really fighting. And sometimes, depending on the show, like like bigger, you know, promotions usually didn't do this. But like, you know, like at a carnival, that's why they called it, you know, Carney. They would promote like a wrestling match with a big strong dude, a big bruiser. And they would actually wrestle a bear. Wow. Okay. So so this this is so this is legitimately supposed to be like a really for reals bear. Which I guess, like honestly, like that makes more sense to me, as outrageous as that sounds to me as well. Because I was like thinking, if it's just a dude in a bear suit, like he probably would have like limited vision and he'd get his ass kicked really easily. So I guess I, but I'm like, how do you do that? How do you like get a bear to like I don't know, like that that must be crazy. Like who would go in a ring with a bear and why would the bear wrestle or would the bear be is like the bear their friend and they they, they it's a big show it was usually a train bear yeah. but like it's still dangerous yeah 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 obviously like i wouldn't want to get in a wrestling ring with a bear but anyway so that that's what this is a, yeah so that that's what this is a callback to i mean i guess i guess part of the 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 confrontation or the 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 reasoning of why you know they're they're not going to go through with with Rory Landall as the the new champ is because he is, and I, I of course I was introduced to this terminology way early on, but he is a heel, and and even the promoters kind of like you know oh a heel to face like nobody's nobody's gonna buy that, and I I don't even buy that, and so he gives him this speech and says this is what you're gonna read you know no questions asked, and of course Rory's kind of pissed, and and he actually grabs the promoter by the wrist. And then he's just kind of like, dude. He makes it a shoot, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, brother, I am the show. So like, yeah. And he's he's definitely not hearing it or whatever. And then of course the bear's kind of like, Brr, and you know the promoter's like he wasn't talking to him and everything. And of course his <laughs> his manager comes and grabs him and everything. And they he's basically like, what are you doing? And and then uh, this is funny. I, I know this is like totally like personal business and stuff, but like I actually thought of you because he, he, you know, Rory Landell obviously is is one of these kind of longtime wrestler guys, and he's got his own set of reoccurring injuries and stuff like that. And so his 
manager basically is like hey how's your deal feel man and he says like i got dry humped by a porcupine and i was thinking because you you recently hurt your knee and everything so it made me think of you when i saw that that panel and everything you know i if only i had like a, a hawaiian guy who played a chinese guy who could fix my leg yeah yeah exactly exactly so so yeah and and then of course i guess this is this is probably also giving some insight into the the methodology or the the uh, the the kind of storylines that that wrestling would have, you know, fifteen years yeah. before nineteen ninety nine. So you know, and and that the, yeah, the business, yeah, yeah, the business. It, yeah. it was it was always these kind of outlandish caricatures of people and everything like that. And so that's that's kind of what they're they're emphasizing here that that this you know this guy is a is a real person, you know, like. You know, he, he's like, but of course he, like you said, he's, he's saying, he, he's like, man, it's like, he, basically, I guess he's trying to say like, hey, if you want to stay in this business, you know, you kind of have to toe the company line a little bit, you know, like you can, you, you know, basically he's like, he's like, you think I enjoy pretending to be a, you know, a, a, a stereotypical, you know, quote unquote, Chinaman like every night and, and you know, kind of doing these goofy things. He's like, I don't like it, but that's that's what I have to do to get paid in this scenario and everything. And so he pops his leg back into place, and then, you know, they're they're asking about you know what what you know what ever happened to his old colleague Swamp Gas Charlie, and he's like, well, I guess he turned out to be a successful turkey farmer and left the business. And of course, Rory Landel's checking out the the championship belt, which he, he's probably not going to get. But it looks like he sort of formulates some kind of idea. So as they're basically like, you know, crowning this bear the champion, right? Like then then you've got this after interview with Rory, and they they're they're having the I guess the the British Mean Gene Okerlund interview him and everything. And so, so you've got, you know, this whole thing where he, he, he basically says it didn't bother him at all because he, he basically declares the, the world championship, the American wrestling federation world championship is, is nothing but jive is, is, is how he puts it. And there's a, it's funny because he's like, Mr. Lando, what are you saying? You know, he's like, basically he declares himself like the write-up. He declares himself the new galactic champion of the universe. And of course, it's funny because at the time, this guy is flabbergasted. But if you, if you read the backup, there's, there's this funny ass, almost like, you know, Watchmen-esque, like, right up in the back where you see, even though in story, he's clearly flabbergasted because Rory's gone totally off script and he doesn't even know yeah. how to react to that. Like, he, he wasn't expecting to have him declare himself galactic champion. And so he's flabbergasted and then he just lets him kind of roll with that and, and lets him say what he's going to say. And after that, he's just kind of like, well, okay, whatever. And he, he just tries to move along with it, but he's, he's clearly taken aback and doesn't really know what to do but the write-up in the back plays it off like he was some kind of mastermind and made him think he was the galactic championship like he somehow <laughs> yeah, hypnotized, hypnotized yeah. him to believe that and that's why he was spouting off quote-unquote you know gibberish or nonsense or whatever so i thought that was kind of yeah. a nice a nice touch like that that they're, they're, at, yeah, the, it, at the time when when you're when you're yeah. reading it it's totally unconnected but then when you when you get back to it you're like oh i see they you know the, the show must go on and they totally like rolled with with it even even if it wasn't according to their you know the, the script that the the other guy had handed him earlier in the issue and everything that, that that's something that actually did happen in a lot more in the 80s and early 90s before the internet they would have all these wrestling magazines coming out and if something didn't really go as planned or if there was a you know a, a more of a story to be told you know they would have the writers you know or the writers who sometimes weren't even involved with the company they would just do their own little fantasy stories they would be like well this this is why this happened you know so and so didn't you know crumble into a heap because you know his, his flipping knee went out or or like you know like a real injury it was like he he actually had been attacked earlier savagely by the evil samoans and and 
they they put him in uh, the the cursed you know leg breaker of death or something like that. But our valiant hero still came out to the match, <laughs> and none of that ever happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say it is funny. I thought it was hilarious that for for his uh, grand plan, he he at the time he, he 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 wanted to be the champion, but he was like the belt was still in the locker room, so he grabs the title belt, and there's a pizza box on the bench. And it's got like a Astro or Galaxy logo on it, like Galaxy Pizza. And he like tapes the pizza box to the belt, so he has, he has a galactic championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty hilarious. And like, yeah, he does he does totally go off kilter. It was like, jeez. Well, that that was also something that happened sometimes, not as often. You know, again, like you know, it wasn't. Well, I guess it was kind of a shoot, but there there were wrestlers who went off script and said shit they weren't supposed to say it, it really could throw like a wrench in like the the following storylines you know it was like oh crap <laughs> you know it was like yeah first we got to fire this guy then we got to figure out like how to tell people you know why he's gone and all this crap it was like then we got to have a new guy you know fight the the, the guy we want to win it's yeah it's, wrestling is a very interesting business so now it looks like we we're now back to December 1999. We've we've gone forward now 15 years later, and and this this sequence like the beginning of this did kind of remind me a bit of the the Mickey Rourke wrestler movie. You know, like they're they're trying to establish that now Rory's not young and in his prime anymore. It's been 15 years. He's he's exhausted most of his his ins in the business. So now basically he's the the, the last place he can get work wrestling is what apparently looks to be like an Indian run casino and he's now you know again like you said the the, the carny aspect of it it's like he was from Malibu California he was Rory Landle he was a big deal in wrestling and now he's wrestling a midget in a, a uh, you know a, a casino basically and he's he's he's, he's, he's macho mini yeah and he's <laughs> He's 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 drinking before he goes out there. He's he's grabbing uh, food off the patrons' tables and kind of just doing what he wants to do before he he wrestles this guy. And you know everybody's having a good laugh over the fact that uh you know uh, a little person is is basically trying to take this big giant fat wrestler guy to town. And then he basically like throws him out of the damn ring. When, when all said and done, including himself, actually, because he's so drunk. But at that point, you know, the, the casino owner is kind of like, look, like, you know, they're, they're going to let him go. And then, of course, his promoter, I guess, Don, the guy who was Hawaiian, like, they're basically forced to leave. So it looks like they're, they're you know, on the road again, and they're trying to figure out, like, who else they can sort of get work from. And, it you know, they're, they're kind of basically, you know... SOL. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he he's exhausted all his his promotional contacts. Like they they have this line about you know maybe General Custer can manage you. You two got a lot in common. You know, basically meaning this is this is his last stand, right? Like like and, and he's, right. he's about to be you know overrun and, and taken over and you know laid out to pasture pretty much, right? And so at this point. You know these two longtime friends. You know basically kind of have a have it out. They have a big kind of argument, and in the middle of this, you know, drive, he he gets out of the car and goes his own way, and then we cut to Planet WrestleTopia, and so on Planet WrestleTopia, there there's this uh, there's this character Adrian Polaris, and it kind of reminded me almost of like kind of like you know David. Sorry. David Bowie. David Bowie. No, actually, what I was thinking of is I, it, this kind of reminded me of like, you know, like Frieza and like the Ginyu Force. Like, just that there were. I I, I just imagined there were like these kind of characters where they they they're kind of very you know avant garde, but yet you can tell they're supposed to be like super powerful or, or what have you. You know, they're they're like galactic patrol ships and all this other stuff. And so they they basically you know you've got this guy manifest destiny and he's the guy who was you know hovering over the cover and everything and and you know it's a slow build-up it's a slow reveal like it's it's kind of like you're you're trying to establish this big bad villain so you see him 
you know, in shadows at first, and he's got, you know, this cape draped and everything, and as he slowly turns around, he, he basically says, there can only be one galactic champion, and it shall be me! Manifest Destiny! And of course, he's got a really for reals galactic belt, you know, that's not a pizza box, and he looks, yeah. he looks, he looks super cool. I mean, you know, it's like, it, to me, it's, it's like one of these kind of outrageous wrestling curvy paradigms, you know, he's kind of got purple hair, he's got this kind of you know, metallic, you know, mask and everything, and that, that, that's how the first issue ends, basically, with, with these, the real galactic wrestlers on planet WrestleTopia getting the broadcast, you know, get, getting brought to their attention that, that some, some plead from the planet Earth has declared himself galactic champion, and what a, what an affront this is, that, that this is happening, and, and that, that they must, you know, of course, go out and, you know, correct this, Affrontry to their to their Galactic Wrestling Federation and everything. Yeah, it's a planet full of marks, basically. <laughs> You're like, <"It's> for real? <laughs> They're like, this guy says he's the Galactic Champion. We have to go kick his ass. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, the, 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 you know that's the joke. But like, it is funny that there's a whole planet, and, and conceivably, like, like something like the Federation of Planets. Where all these aliens, like, really for reals wrestle and, like, you know, is, is very much real to them. They, they're probably not even scripted. I don't, it might, that would be hilarious if it turned out that they, like, are in on the joke, too, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah, but at, at least up to this point, and, and even in the second issue, it looks like they take it deadly seriously. Like, it, do, it doesn't yeah. look like they're scripted, but that doesn't mean to say there couldn't be a a twist later in the series that we're not aware of and everything because this is this is this is pretty I, I think it's well written and and i could see there being you know curveballs and twists and turns and things like that but i mean I, I i did enjoy it i thought all the characters were were really fleshed out there's it's interesting because there's there's as much as this is done in in the you know cartoony style like it's it's just enough to be fun and interesting and and it also delves into things that are you know a, a little Real, dramatic yeah. a little serious like there, there's bits of heaviness within the fun and and you're willing to go along on that ride with with these folks be, i think just because i mean i i'm not exactly sure why but i mean i i think because they make you feel comfortable you know like it's not it, it's not something where you're going to go down this road and you're going to feel like uncomfortable or, or or disgruntled or you know anything like that but but also it, it it's it's real and grounded amongst you know there, there are real and grounded moments of drama amongst all this kind of wild and crazy fantastical stuff which is fun yeah it's variety. It's the spice of life. Like you, you kind of, you kind of go, you know, back and forth and there's ebbs and flows and it's not, you know, it's not overdone in one and it's not overdone in the other. It's not like there's, there's way too much outrageous stuff and it's not like there's way too much heavy drama. It's like, it's a good balance of, of those two feels. So I did definitely, you know, enjoy the first issue. You know, like movies like The Wrestler, which you had referenced, you know, that kind of stuff is true. Like there, there's a lot of guys who, like either get to the top or or don't quite get to the top and some of them just yeah they they take a big fall from grace and you know unlike the wrestler which was really depressing this book doesn't go there that hard it just shows you that like you know this guy's down on his luck it doesn't beat you over the head with it it's just like hey you know the shit's not good for him right now but you know don't let it you know get you down because we're, we're still going on the ride, you know, like he, he doesn't die of a heart attack like in The Wrestler. Spoilers, it's like six years old, shut up. But yeah, at the same time, the outrageous stuff is is also kind of clued into wrestling, you know, like you said, the, the crazy characters, you know, like the, uh, you know, man wrestle bear, how could this be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's wacky enough that it actually does seem like real wrestling, especially from like when this takes place in like 89, this this snippet of the story, it's like yeah, I could kind of see this. You know, there there were horrible stereotypes back then, like you know, you know, evil tiny men. You know, it's like we we've happily grown past that now in in the current age. Yeah, you know, the the main character, rock and roll Rory. That's that's his that's his ring name. Yeah, he, he is a he, he seems like a guy who 
you could easily dislike, but he's really just too likable to dislike. You know what else this reminded me of? And this is, this is going to be a, um, what's the right word? Uh, this is going to be a deep cut. I like, I don't think probably anybody, well, I don't know. I might be surprised. Somebody may email in or, or, or tell me on Twitter or something that they do recognize the reference, but you know what else this reminded me of? This reminded me of a series called whatever happened to Baron Von Schock. And it was like an independent series. It was drawn by Jim Ballant, you know, of Catwoman fame. And I think that's why I was interested in it. And it was supposed to kind of be like, you know, like whatever happened to Vampira or Sven Gulli or something. He was like a, you know, one of these kind of late night, you know, horror show hosts and everything. And his name was Baron Von Schock. And so, and and, and it was very much in a similar vein where you you went through and, and did all the outrageous, you know, Halloween makeup and parties and and women and and this and that and the other thing, but then you got into like the really seedy aspects of you know his personal life, whether it was like drugs or whores or you know what whatever it was, right? And 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 you sort of went back and forth, and and so and then unfortunately, like that that's one of those like famous series, kind of like the uh, like the Kevin Smith stuff that he started and never finished, you know, like there like there's a big list of. Like comic books that like everybody really wanted to read the endings to, and they never released the endings to never for whatever it. reason. And like kind of like Bullseye, the Target, or whatever. You know, Kevin Smith was supposed to write a Daredevil miniseries that just never, never finished. So it was kind of like the same thing with that. The whatever happened to Baron von Schock? I, I want to say there were like three or four issues, and it was supposed to be like maybe a, like a six issue thing, and it just never, never materialized or whatever. But I mean, I guess in today's day and age, with with these kind of, you know self-published you know you can you know people can can get these online you know they can go to comiXology in different places like there's other avenues for them to be released so they're not totally dependent on a like a brick and mortar comic store ordering you know i don't know a couple thousand copies of it or whatever to to live or or even like a smaller comic comic company like you know helping them out you know dictating what they can do yeah. right right yeah yeah but but i guess i mean I, I i guess the reason why i bring that up is hopefully like whether it's a deep cut or not i i intend that as a, a great compliment because i really did like whatever happened to baron von shock even though it never finished and and i did really enjoy reading this first issue and and i did enjoy reading the second issue which we'll get into in a little bit but i just you know i just wanted you know, you know if tony had Anything, you know, if you had anything else to say, I just wanted to give you that opportunity as well. Oh, uh, I will say that uh, I just remembered, like, the, the main, one of the main reasons he got kicked out of the last place that they worked at was not just because he was drunk and fell on a table. He had sex with a hooker in a car they were going to give away at the casino. Which, you know, that like I said, hookers and hookers, you know, that totally, totally yeah. reminded me of very much. <laughs> 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 Yeah. It was, but it was just funny because like the the his his manager or his his cohort you know it's like yeah two bikers stabbed each other last week how how bad could it have been and like the the promoter the casino owner like just does that face like well <laughs> this bad you know <laughs> you know, yeah that was that was, that was a good little comedy moment because they're in the car afterwards it's like you banged a hooker in the Whatever kind of car it was, is like. Well, I, I like how his his car. rationalization is like, "What? It's Nevada," and he's like, "We were in Arizona, you jackass." <laughs> it's like it's legal in Nevada. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like prostitution's legal in Nevada. We were in Arizona, you asshole. Yeah, yeah. That was that was, that was, that was like it's funny because they are two written characters who are written by the same people, but they the, the writer does a well it is a writing team, so it's possible like like one of the writers writes one and the other writes the other. But they do have a good chemistry. Like they actually seem like different characters, which is really good. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think we've all had moments where you, you, I mean, you know, some for the better, some for the worse. I mean, some, some friends get through those kind of fights, and some don't. Like we don't, we don't exactly know. I'm assuming, you know, they, they will, they will come back together, you know, at some point. But I, I, I know I've had relationships over the years where I've had fights like that, and I've never, you know, I've never been able to recover from that. You know, like you, you kind of lose a friendship over that fight and i've had other friends where you've had big blow-ups and you've been mad at each other and all this other stuff and you're still friends today so you know i guess i guess it all depends on 
you know, the type of person and the strength of your friendship and, 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 you know, the, the quid pro quo of, of, uh, those, those feelings. But like I said, that, that is a moment that, you know, in the, in the midst of all this kind of outlandish, you know, Kirby, Ty Templeton, flim flammery, you know, outrageousness, like there, there's those grounded seeds that you can, you can relate to and cling to and kind of go, Hey, like I've been there. I know what it's like to have a big blow up with, with, one of my oldest friends, you know, like, I, I don't know that I've ever yeah. said, stop the car. <laughs> I'm going to walk myself, but I've, I've had moments where I've been super fucking stubborn like that. So yeah, I can, I can totally see that. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's, it's Hulk Hogan and, and Brutus, the barber beefcake. And sometimes it's Hulk Hogan and macho man <laughs> who, who, who at one point in real life really did hate each other. <laughs> in a city where corruption rules the streets, only one man can stop the serial killer known as the Blood Bandit. James Kurt, a former police officer turned private investigator, must race against the clock to stop the madman before he achieves his ultimate diabolical goal. When JK's brother Alex is thought killed in the line of duty and mysteriously returns with no memory of his past life, the stakes are raised even higher. Enigma, the comic book series from Quad Productions, Written and illustrated by T.J. Damon, with colors and effects by Jason Vickers. Enigma. Order your copy at quadimproductions.com today. All right, well, let's let's go on to issue number two. And issue number two of Invasion from Planet Wrestle Tokyo. Of course, it's got the same creative team. We've got a cover with the same logo and kind of same Biff Bam Pow, you know, exclusive bonus material, issue number two. The subtitle is different. It is Two Worlds Enter, One Leaves. So it's kind of like, you know, two guys enter the cage and, and one leaves type thing. It's, it's, I assume it's a play on that. And again, you, to me, you have a very Kirby-esque cover with, you've got Manifest Destiny with his face like right up in front of the camera. And then you've got the sort of foreshortening as he's pointing back to presumably Times Square, I guess. And, and you've got all these crazy galactic wrestlers like leaping into the frame, you know, just randomly wrestling with the citizens of New York City, it looks like. Which, again, I, yeah. I think this is a cool cover. I, I like the layout. I think it's dynamic. It's got, you know, you can clearly see it's in the midst of action. It's exciting. It kind of makes you want to find out what's going on and, and how this is going to be a full-scale invasion. Like, what what, what is it going to be like? And it definitely gives you that that vibe of... It, it kind of reminded me of uh, the old top series, either Mars Attacks or Dinosaurs Attack. Oh, okay. Like wrestlers okay. Attack. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could totally see that. I mean, you know, it is titled Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia, and the cover does not disappoint, so. Exactly, yeah. So, in this, we get a bit more backstory. So, yeah, we, we get some, some flashbacks here at the beginning of the second issue. It is the early 70s, so we're actually dealing with the Rory's youth, I guess, basically, right? So, you, you, I guess the hint is, you know, his, his dad was also in the wrestling business, and you can see... Not not the cover, but I guess the the credits page. You can see his dad wearing a T-shirt that says Rory's number one fan. So obviously his dad is his biggest fan or whatever. But his dad was named Terry Landel, and of course, you can see the mother is uh, chewing him out for getting only like four hundred bucks at whatever his last job was, and that you know you could clearly be doing a lot better. Well, it is kind of funny because. Uh... Pretty much the same thing that happens to Rory later happened to him. She was like, were you supposed to be champ? And she's like, says, didn't, are you forgetting something? And he's like, no, I didn't win. And he's like, what do you mean you didn't win? You're supposed to be champion. So he got screwed over the exact same way Rory did. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, Rory wakes up. He was sleeping in, I don't know, some kind of cement tube or something. I don't, I don't even know where he was sleeping. But basically staying... It looks like a drainage, drainage kind of ditch, ditch kind of... or something, like staying out of the sun, right? And so he, he goes into town. And then we we cut to, I guess, this nerdy dude trading his Pokemon cards or whatever for this other guy to wake up the general. And he's letting the general know there's some kind of weird space ships that are in the Earth's atmosphere. And it turns out 
They are building a giant cage around the Earth. There's a big giant splash page of the reveal of what the spaceships are doing. So it looks like the Earth is going to be involved in a giant cage match. And then, of course, we, we cut back to Dan, who is with his honey baby in bed. He's playing some lovey-dovey with his girl. And then when the TV gets turned on and they're watching Good Morning Sunshine, it turns out... It's your favorite show. Yeah, yeah, it's your favorite show. It turns out that Manifest Destiny has arrived on Earth and he's slamming the newscaster with a, a chair wrestling style. And, of course, he refers to the, the communication where, you know, Rory declared himself the galactic champion. And so... He's basically, you know, announcing that he Rory must honor for the dis or must answer for the disharmony that he's inspired in the cosmos. And you see, like all these wrestlers, like taking out like Secret Service at the White House, and there's all these wrestlers like beating up Roy like they're, they're they're beating up all the the royal guard up at the palace and everything, uh, Buckingham Palace, and you know, so so it, it, you know, and then yeah, the pyramids and and. They're, they're in Rio de Janeiro and Beijing and basically like all over the world we're, we're getting what we were promised this full-scale invasion and and you know manifest destiny wants payback and of course his Dan's honey baby's like smacking him with a pillow going you two done did it now you know like and she's all mad and everything yeah yeah because like when they show when he shows Rory like Don's like you know like oh shit what did he do now <laughs> yeah yeah so Rory's trying to get some some free booze in a bar but he, he can't pull it off anymore he doesn't have the, the the charm to get free stuff of course even though they had the big blow up dan's headed out to to find rory to to make sure he's okay and as they're driving along we see mini macho and it looks like they are both going to aid rory in his time of need so they both get in the car and drive off together and in the middle of this bar, we see all these crazy alien wrestlers come in, and they ask him, you know, are you Rory Vandell? Because they, you know, they're alien, they can't say it or whatever. And, of course, they're asking him to come with them. And at first, you know, he thinks they're just other Earth wrestlers that are, you know, trying to recruit him for some kind of show or whatever. And, of course, at this yeah. point, th this would seem to negate you know, your your twist twist surprise that they're all in on the gag yeah. because these guys are definitely like, there is no pay. You're coming with us. You know, like there's no there's no gag. This is for real. And so he tells the old lady bartender to run for it, and, and they start you know fighting in the bar and everything. And there's a pretty cool action sequence between Rory and the three, and eventually he's laid out with a pull cue, and he's yeah. about to be taken back to manifest destiny. And then we have a brief, again, one-page flashback to the 70s. And, of course, the, the skeevy convenience store clerk is trying to have young Rory, you know, buy some porno mags Playboy. or something like that. But it turns out what he's really after is kind of the aforementioned, I mean, Tony kind of mentioned this, right? Like, the aforementioned, you know, wrestling mag, which, of course, features his dad his real dad on the cover who's of course been kicked out by the mom so he's, he, i guess he's trying to connect with his dad the only way he can through these these wrestling magazines so again there's there's literally like crazy you know pool cue heading the smacking action uh side by side with the the kind of the the drama feels of a an estranged father and son relationship and everything and then of course in in this the the bonus material the 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 aforementioned bonus material advertised on the cover. You've got this cool poster of the the wrestling match, Rock and Roll Rory Landel versus Mini Macho. That would be advertised like as if this were the casinos advertisement. So of course, you know, yeah. I I can appreciate this because you know, as you know, I, I I worked at a casino for a number of years, so it's like they've got the funny ass shit where they've got the. The Burmese blackjack, the double dutch bust, like, I'm sure these are all, like, fake, like, bullshit things to make their version of blackjack, you know, special and stuff like that, right? And, you know, you've got uh, Joker poker and, and all this other nonsense that, that is in the, you know, in, in the casino and everything, and of course the, the you know, the, the 
the show attraction is this wrestling match and everything. And then, of course, the the other backup feature is what we had previously mentioned when we got to Sir Cecil Steedmont's appearance in the first issue. Like, dude, I totally, I, I think I just want to read this as Sir Cecil, because this is pretty awesome. Where he's like, I destroyed Rory Landel's career to save the AWF. Greetings, Yanks. While my contempt for your American wrestling is no secret, I have nonetheless toiled endlessly to make the American Wrestling Federation something even Mother England could be proud of. It is for this very reason that it was I who caused Rory Landell to walk away from the AWF forever. You see, though I had great hopes for Landell, it soon became apparent that he had neither the physical skills nor the mental acumen to maintain the standards set by AWF world champions of the past, such as Scrap Iron Kunetzel, Colonel Ernst von Slamstein, or my former charge, Prince Rupert. So I concocted a plan. I hired the esteemed wrestling psychiatrist Basil P. Fuentes to work with Landel under the guise of being an authentic trainer. Unbeknownst to anyone, I had Fuentes hypnotize Landel into thinking he was the quote-unquote galactic champion of the universe, too good for the AWF. Once the seed was planted, I needed only to nurture it, as I did during my pre-match interview, which resulted in the outcome seen at the Summer Slam abrasion. All part of the plan. So, what's next? Rest assured, I have a plan for that fat-headed worm, Boy Scout Bob Schultz. But as for the details, you will simply have to wait until I decide to give the hoi polloi another chinwag. Yours respectfully, Sir Cecil Steedmont, KBE. So yeah, that that's basically it. But like, yeah, I thought, I, it, like, I, I love this backup. Like, I think it's super fucking cool. Yeah, it's, 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 it's you know, and I'm sure they did it, you know, not just intentionally, but also to kind of not just give a nod to, you know, the wrestling business, you know, kind of do a little bit of world building, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, which is, which is pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is a really fun issue as well. You know, it was shorter, but it, it wasn't a first issue. It was just a regular-sized comic. Yeah, it did hit a lot of, like, cool notes. I, I really enjoyed seeing the, the, the beginning, you know, like, almost, almost like Matt Murdock-y, you know, it was like, your father could have been a champ, but he was a bomb. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, there, it, it does have that vibe, doesn't it, yeah. Yeah, and then also one thing that it, like you know I kind of got a little bit of was almost the Independence Day kind of feeling when like you know Manifest Destiny is like on the TV and you know he's like he's like you know the 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 man who claims to be the intergalactic champion doesn't go to the Sportatorium in St. Paul, Minnesota. <laughs> which which is a real place. Um, well, I mean, I know everybody knows that St. Paul, Minnesota is, but like the Sportatorium was was actually a big wrestling arena, like a, like a big location for big shows. But like, yeah, he's like, if you don't meet me there, I will just we will destroy your planet. And then like, you know, like I said, kind of like Independence Day, like you have these people who are like, you know, watching it on TV, and they're like, oh my god, what can we do? You know, so I don't know, I just, it kind of gave me that vibe. And of course, yeah, like you said, the aliens, as far as the, the wrestling business, they're they're not in on the joke. It is a planet full of mar uh, marks. They take it for reals. When the guys come in to abduct Rory, I don't know about the first guy. Maybe Hulk Hogan-ishy? Maybe, but not really. But it is funny that one of them does kind of look like Macho Man or, or Superstar Billy Graham. I don't know if you know him. But he's got, like, the boa. Oh, and he's yeah, got, like, yeah, the glass. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the other guy is it's it's kind of a funny nod. He's wearing like a red unitard and or singlet is, is what it's called in wrestling, I guess. This sounds more manly than unitard. He's supposed to basically be, I guess, a space Russian because he's got like <laughs> what almost looks like a hammer and Yeah, yeah. He does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're like, you know, an alien hammer and sickle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, that's funny. That's that's good stuff right there. Yeah, so yeah. yeah I I think that's one of the things I really like about this is, you know, I know you are a wrestling fan, Derek, but like 
you have not been for a long time. You you grew up with like the rock and roll, not rock and roll, but the rock and wrestling era. You you know, the the Hulk Hogan in his prime era. Yeah, yeah. And you, you really didn't keep up with a lot of it afterwards. Even if you weren't a wrestling fan, like the nods you don't have to know. Yeah, they're they're kind of they're kind of omnipresent nods. Like like you you, you kind of like even I guess I guess that's why that's why some of the 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 write ups like even in in the back of this issue it says they're not just doing this for a certain demographic of wrestling fans. This book is for everyone. I'm with it, you know. And and it 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 does seem like that is true like i don't know whether people are realizing that or not but i mean this definitely seems like this can can appeal to anybody you know like it's 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 outlandish enough but it 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 doesn't it doesn't really leave you in the dark if you're a fan of science fiction or if you're a fan of wrestling like i think everything's pretty clearly established like and and you 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 kind of get the idea of what's going on and when there when there are nods i mean if you're if you can go as deep as you know Tony can, that's great. But if you can't, you still sort of you can still sort of get the appeal of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's another good little nod. The the alien who uh, first gets the communication, he's like this kind of fat bubba kind of guy, and like and apparently when they communicate with each other, they they have to pretty much cut a promo to like be identified, you know. And uh, the character's name is, like, George South. And that's just kind of funny for me because what I grew up on as a kid was mid, mid, mid-Atlantic mid or, you know, mid-South wrestling. And it, a lot of it, you know, was in the Carolinas and Georgia and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, ah, I get that reference, you know. But it's like, I don't know, yeah. It's, it, it was just stuff like that. Like, as a wrestling fan, it did, like, you know, give me an extra chuckle. But if, you know, like somebody who never watched wrestling at all, they would just be like, they would laugh at the fact that the guys, like, you know, screaming into the microphone, you know, like, this is George South down here on Boom Base 74, and I just got a weird transmission, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like Jazz and, and uh, Randy Savage or Hulk Hogan got, like, smushed together, you know? <laughs> Communications officer has got to, like, <laughs> run down everything real quick before he just tells you what's going on. Oh, and and I also, like you said, for sci-fi fans, I do like the fact that there was a time skip because, you know, Rory's even older now. Don is like, you know, gray-haired. He's like an old man now. And obviously, like, that's to, that's to infer that from the original broadcast, it took years and years for the aliens to get the, the transmission, so... Which is which is always a nice little bit of you know sci-fi continuity you know. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, this is this is very very fun. I mean, I I I'd be willing to say I would want to see how this all concludes. Like, I would recommend it to anybody who who has the slightest interest. Like, if this if this looks like this could kind of be your thing, whether you're into wrestling or sci-fi, I would I would definitely give it a try. And and I don't think you will be disappointed. Like, I I think this was very very fun. I thought it was well written. I thought the art was great. Like I was, you know, I, again, like sometimes you don't know what to expect, you know, when you when when you get uh, you know, solicitations on Twitter, you know, who knows, it could be the next uh, you know, Nigerian Ponzi screen scheme, you know, <laughs> or it could be a really cool like wrestling comic. So it turns out this is this is the latter. So I'm I'm happy about that. Yeah, I would definitely like to thank all the creators for getting in touch with us, uh, getting in touch with really Justin on Twitter. You know, that that was awesome that you either A, like our show, or B, felt like we would, you know, give it a actual look through and then, you know, give an honest review, which I will say to, to anybody who's listening, we have not been paid to review this. It was a free copy. We could say whatever we want. If we hated it, we could have trashed it, but there's nothing to hate here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of thrilled about that actually. Like, I'm glad I'm not a, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a jerk face trashing somebody's hard worked on comic or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm glad I, I, I really do genuinely, I did enjoy these two issues. Just, just in case, you know. So I know we've, we've sort of endorsed it, but if you want to know where to get a copy of this, the, the issue one and issue two for Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia are on sale right now. Uh, issue one is available on. 
on Amazon Kindle, and there's a paperback book of it there. Uh, you can get it from iBooks, you can get it from Comixology, and you can get it from Comics Central. The same is true of issue number two. If you want to send some love to Suspicious Behavior Productions, they're on Twitter at SBP underscore comics, and they also have a Facebook page, and they have a website, which is www dot suspicious behavior productions dot com so yeah and and if you just go there if you go to suspicious behavior productions dot com dot com you you have all the options to get the two issues of invasion from planet wrestletopia so i'm I'm hoping people do check this out after listening to the show i guess as for us if you have any comments questions and or concerns you can email us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com you can find the backlog of our episodes there are plenty of episodes of comics motherfucker do you read them over on fanholspodcast.blogspot.com in addition to comics, motherfucker, do you read them? We've got all kinds of other shows. We've got, of course, the Fanholes podcast proper. We've got all kinds of spinoff shows like Mobile Suit Mondays, Toku Thursdays, Transformers Tuesdays, Sentai Saturdays. We've got Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast. And we've got Big in Japan, where we talk about anime. So if you like listening to this show, we hope you consider checking out all our other shows. We're, we're on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Of course, that's, that's how Suspicious Behavior Productions found us. They found us through Twitter. So yeah, if you, if you do reach out to us on social media, this is living proof that you can get in contact with us on social media in some form or another. So yeah, follow us, and, and of course we appreciate all the likes, retweets, shares, you know, comments and everything. I know, you know, we, we don't often record these in real time, you know, we, we usually, you know, try to have an advanced backlog of episodes or, you know, that, that we can, you know, put out so we can put these out on a weekly basis and everything. But we, we do appreciate, all, you know, even if you don't hear your name said or anything like that, or maybe if you hear your name said like three months later after you do something, you know, like I know, I know Kyle Benning's been sending us a lot of tweets and he's been enjoying the stuff. I know John Vanover's been, you know, sending us, you know, notifications and different things like that about the various, you know, wh whatever is a current episode that we've been sending out about, you know, how good the editing is or how they've been, you know, chuckling or laughing about, you know, whatever kind of shows we put together. So again, even if you don't hear us specifically call you out or, or, you know, if, if, you know, we don't say anything on, you know, until like five months later, just, you know, rest assured, you know, we, 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 we do appreciate that. And we, we enjoy the feedback as well. I think that's going to wrap this up for tonight. So this is going to be Derek, Derek WC. Oh yeah. Signing off. And oh my God, he just took a headlock and a body slam into a steel chair, but we're out of time folks. See you next week. And I'm Tony.
kinds of social media and my dog is on social media as well <laughs> hashtag snoopy <laughs> i should i should get snoopy's on twitter he's like I, I hate skunks but i like getting skunked by them <laughs> i wish i could go through the invisible door oh 